So our sermon series, uh, Five Things I Wish Jesus Never Said, is continuing. And these are literally things that Mike Tyson wishes Jesus had not said. Um, but he did. And, and so we have to take a look at them. Um, so these are things I struggle with in my life. And so I'm kind of sharing them with you as things that I wish that we didn't have to struggle with because they're hard or they're hard to understand or they're difficult to live out. And so uh, our text today comes from the Gospel of Luke. But I want to go back to last Sunday. I started with a joke that nobody laughed at, but I thought was funny, about, about a, a farmer that was telling God how much he would give God if he had all of these things. And God said, well, I'll just take a pig. And the farmer's like, wait a minute, I have a pig. And what I'm telling you is that farmer is wealthy because he has a pig. Did you know that as of 2018, if you made $100,000 a year, you were in the top 1% of all earners in the world. If your annual income was $20,000 a year, you were in the top 11% of earners in the world. There are 3 billion people in the world that live on $2.50 a day. Your cup of coffee on the way to church was some people's almost whole week of food if you stop by Starbucks. The ones out here, they're free. Folks, I know you don't feel it, but by the world's standards, you are rich, downright wealthy. And then you have this privilege of going to your faucet and turning on water and getting water that's okay for you to drink. You might not like it, you might have the Ozarka or something, but the truth of it is you can turn on your faucet and you can have clean water. I've been to Honduras on several mission trips, probably 10, and I've been in this little colonia, this little neighborhood where, where people were living in cardboard boxes with a tarp over it. They had dirt floors even in the little shacks that they had, had cobbled together from the sort of junk that they had found lying around. And their children and themselves often had worms because they were living on a dirt floor. No matter how terrible you think your little shack is, you're not living on a dirt floor. We, my friends, are wealthy. And today's text talks about that. You know, I think about how fortunate we are to live where we live and to have all that we have. And uh, this text that I'm about to share with you, I think about this text and, and myself being outside the pearly gates waiting to get in and Maybe I'm sitting next to one of those Hondurans that lived on a dirt floor. And so when I read this text from the Gospel of Luke, it 
really strikes me as to how fortunate we are. And I have to tell you, this text makes me very, very uncomfortable. So this is the Gospel of Luke. It's chapter 6, verses 20 through 30. And the he here is Jesus. Then he looked at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. I'm not so sure about that. This makes me very uncomfortable as he's talking to us about the rich. And you've already had your consolation. I mean, this, this may sound kind of familiar to you. This is Luke's sermon on the plain. And the, the sort of corollary to that from the Gospel of Matthew is what we call the Beatitudes. And we study those a lot. We read those a lot. Because they're a lot more comfortable than these from the Gospel of Luke. Because Matthew says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I can wrap my hands around those things. Yeah. But, but Luke, he's got a different spin on these things. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who are hungry. And then he goes into the woes. And we've talked about this. Anytime there's a woe in the Bible, it's not the fawns, it's bad news for whoever it's being addressed. And it's doubly so in Luke. Whenever Luke is talking about woe to someone, it is not good for the subject of that sentence. And Luke tells us, woe to those of you who are rich, for you have already had your consolation. And this next one scares me to to death. Woe to those of you who are full. I had missed many meals. 
Luke is telling us that, that these people, the kingdom of God belongs to these people and woe to these others. Before I get too much deeper into this specific meaning for us, I want to look at the nature of what Jesus is saying. And people, it's crazy. I mean, Jesus' time, the rich people were deemed to be righteous because they were rich. God had blessed them because they were rich. And Jesus is saying, nuh-uh, not in my kingdom. He's turning it upside down. He's saying that the rich have already got what they're going to get, but the poor will enter into my kingdom. It's crazy. The righteous are the rich because God has blessed them. And then you have these three blessings that are attached to them, and then you have the woes that are attached to the rich and the full. He is turning the world upside down. He's taking what the world says are the standards, and he's saying, "Mm mm-mm. It's something totally different. And then he goes on to say, there's going to be a time when you're persecuted, when people hate you because you're one of my followers. And you need to celebrate that. Really, Jesus? Come on, man. And then he goes a step further. He says, and these people who are persecuting you, these people who are hating on you, you need to pray for them. You need to pray for good things in their life. So where's the good news for us? The wealthy of the world. I think you can see why this text makes me squirm. Does it make you squirm a little bit? Hopefully I've set your place in the world. We are the wealthy. We are the rich that he's talking about. I think Jesus is warning us. He's warning the rich, the full. You can't be about the things of the world. The fact is Jesus knows our hearts. Probably better than we know our own hearts. He knows what motivates us. He knows why we do what we do. And he's telling us, don't be about the things of the world. Don't value what the world tells you is important, but rather what my kingdom values. That's what you need to be about. It's a warning to all of us. If this is what you're about while you're on earth, guess what? You've already had your reward. You've got what you're going to get. Jesus is saying, if you're not about following me, 
There's nothing for you. And then on top of it, he tells us to celebrate, dance for joy when you're being hated on by others because you're a follower of Jesus. We've talked some about the persecution that's happening around the world for, for Christians. Again, in that sense, we're among the wealthy. We're among the rich because we get to worship in freedom. We don't have to worry about somebody coming through the door because we have a Bible. We are so fortunate. Think about that for a second. It's not enough that he turns the world upside down. But then he calls on us to pray for those that are persecuting us. Right there in verse 23, he tells us, pray for those who are working against you. And I've had some experience with that. So I was never really had a, an enemy in my life. I had a rival boyfriend or two that was trying to woo the same woman, but never went to enemy, right? Never really had an enemy. And I was involved in a business transaction with, with a family that was, um, let's say, just less than honest about the representations and warranties that they made. And it was really putting my family in a pinch. It was really hard. And it was probably as close as an enemy as I've ever had in my life. This was back when I was a banker, before I was a preacher. And some, somewhere, and I really don't remember where, this text walked into my life to pray for those that are working against you. And I decided to try it. And I still remember the first night I was laying in bed next to my wife, silently praying, and I started to pray for this family. And literally, my mouth tasted bad. I mean, it was like bile in my mouth as I was trying to pray for this family. I mean, it was, it was like pulling teeth. And I was like, God, I'm trying here. Help, help me pray for these people. And so I, I got through it the first night, and it was hard. Prayed the second night. It was a little less hard. I prayed the third night and the fourth night and on and on, and it, it got a little easier. And I really don't know what happened out of that. I don't know if this family had God come into their life or not. That was my prayer, was clearly they need your presence. They need you in their life. So please enter their life some way, somehow. That was my prayer. I have no clue what happened. But the most fascinating thing happened. I felt better. I no longer really had an enemy. I had, I had nobody that I really felt was working against me as I continued to pray for them and pray for God's presence in their life. It was hard. I get it. These are hard words. 
These are difficult tasks that Jesus is putting out before us. He is telling us, check your hearts. Check your motivation. Check what you're about. Because I need you to be about me. I need you to be about the kingdom. I need you to not be about what the world tells you is important. I mean, you see why I wish Jesus didn't say these things. Because he's stepping all over my toes. He's confronting me with my attachment to the world. And I would love to tell you that I can wrap this up and give it to you with a little bow on it. I said, this is how we need to live this out in our life. But I can't. These are hard things for me to wrap my mind around. Hard things for me to live in my life. And and I have looked, I have prayed, I have researched, try to find a way to put a little bow on this and say, this is how you do it. But I can't. I'm pretty good at it. But I can't. This is your struggle. This is our struggle together to, to figure out how we can weave these hard words of Jesus into our life. We're among the wealthy of the world. How, how can we make sure that our hearts are about kingdom work that are about the things that Jesus values for us. So what do you do with this text in your life? Jesus said it. We don't get to ignore it. We don't get to pretend like those letters in red are not in our Bible. He said it. We have to live it. I can't do it for you. I don't have an easy answer. This is something I struggle with all the time. And so I leave it to you to do your work, to do your prayer, to do your study around these words and see how you can struggle with these and incorporate them into your life. Let us pray. Gracious God, you have given us so very much. Help us to recognize all that you have given us. and Recognize that it's really yours. So Father, give us generous hearts to help those in need. Give us hearts to help and feed the hungry. Let us be about your work in this world, that your kingdom may come in this place. Father, help our hearts to be true to you, to your teachings. These are hard words, Jesus. 
and we struggle with them. Help clarify them in our hearts and our minds so that we might be better followers of you, that we might be worthy of the grace that you have bestowed upon us. We know, we know that that is a gift that is beyond our ability to earn. We have said yes to that grace, Father. Help us to live out your life, your values in our life. Let us be all that you are calling us to be as a disciple and as a church. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.